0: kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need. Give us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from evil one. The kingdom, the power, and the glory are in you forever. Amen. Thanks, John pray for John in his ministry at the hospital. He is a very loved man over there, as you would quickly discover if you catch him at work, Um, But he uh, delivers pastoral care in a very gentle, lovely way. So, Orville, did you turn 86 on Friday? That's what they tell you? Just a number. number. (laughs) Absolutely. Happy birthday. We are very proud of you and love having you here with us. So, happy birthday on this past Friday. We are looking at the Beatitudes, and we are trying to learn the constitution of the kingdom. How do we behave when Jesus is Lord in our lives, in our community, and how will it be when Jesus is enthroned, King of kings, Lord of lords on earth? Uh, A few weeks ago, we talked about the the way this may play out, that um, it's possible that the way to describe the future is to say that Jesus is going to return and then there's going to be a period of time, a short period of time of about seven years when some very strange things will be happening, very momentous things will be happening on earth while we actually are having a reunion with those who have gone ahead of us to heaven. And then we're all going to come back and then there is going to be a period of a thousand years when Jesus will be inaugurated as King and Lord and Satan will be bound And we will live according to this constitution. And then at the end of that period of time, um, Satan will be loosed. And he will try to deceive the nations one more time. And then he will be finally and ultimately conquered and vanquished and sent uh, to the second death. And then will be the new heaven and the new earth forever and ever and ever. I had not noticed how much of the scriptures were committed to the idea that God is for his people in terms of comfort. Every December, we make a pilgrimage to the uh, Messiah at, uh, in Toronto at Roy Thompson Hall and listen to various iterations of, of that incredible oratorio. And um, I, was, I was listening to it this week and realized that the very first text of Messiah says, do you remember what it is, the tenor? Solo that begins after the first little orchestral piece Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith the Lord. And that then begins a whole musical work, the complete text of which is scripture. And when the tenor sings on about why it is that God wants his people comforted, uh, God brings the answer that their sins have been forgiven and that he's going to restore them to the land. He's going to give them the great blessing that they had been promised way back uh, by Father Abraham. But comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith the Lord. This beatitude says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And uh, none of these quickly springs to mind as understandable and practical until we dig deep right so blessed are the poor how could the poor be blessed and then what is the deeper lesson of blessed are the poor in spirit who will have the kingdom of of heaven you know for whom there will be this great inheritance We, we tried to dig into that how is it ever true to say blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted well for they shall be comforted apparently is the reason that we can say they're blessed because they're not left in their sorrow, not left in their loss, but they will be comforted. And this passage from the Old Testament has God calling out for his earthly people, for his kingdom of Israel, Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith the Lord. And he's going to work a whole earthly plan so that they can be comforted. Because they are in mourning, they have lost their land, Um, There has been bloodshed, there has been death, there has been oppression, and they are cowering under all the things that have come upon them. And God says as they enter this, this prophetic time in their experience, comfort ye my people. God is a God of comfort. It's not the first thing that I think of when I think about God. I think about God's grace, I think about his mercy, I think about his love. But this obsession with God to have his people comforted, is quite a profound thing. To realize that God is actually um, a lamenter. We're going to see in the New Testament just a, a short little passage where God is actually called a, a, the lamenter. He is, he is bowed over in sorrow and sadness for the plight of his people. So we we might think, well, God must be angry at his creation and his people because of what we've done. And he, he might be one who will bring judgment against his people, but what we find is that rather God's heart is broken for his people and for his creation. His first inclination is not anger or wrath. His first inclination is terrible sorrow, like heart-heavy sorrow that causes him to call out to the heavens, comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, says the Lord. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. We were talking about this idea of everything being new, everything being completely overhauled, everything being renewed, and all that we have lost being captured again, all that we have lost being regained. And when we start to do the listing about that, it's a a great undertaking and and an overwhelming one to say, what will that look like? What will it look like to have everything back? that we've lost. Because when we talk about mourning, um, mourning is inevitably about the loss of someone, the loss of something, maybe even the loss of somewhere, right? We mourn the loss of those that we have lost to death. Too young or maybe not even too young, we, we mourn the loss of people with whom we have been dear and close and now they're not here. We mourn the loss of some things. We mourn the loss of some hopes. We mourn the loss of some plans. We mourn the loss of some possessions. And we also perhaps mourn the loss of somewhere. Maybe there has been a place in our lives that was home, and we're not there anymore. And we kind of mourn the loss of somewhere. I, the older I get, mourn the loss of my Northern Ireland. and my particular little fishing village which we returned to last spring and I remembered why it is so dear to me and why it's somehow in in my heart. Um, But all of us in this room mourn some loss, don't we? And we're saddened by those losses. And those losses are at least infected, as we saw last week, by the corruption. So the loss of someone in death is sometimes infected then terribly by the illness or by the, um, the condition that they found themselves in as they were leaving us. And, and now we mourn the loss of those people and we mourn the way we lost those folks. We in an ordinary way mourn the loss of some friendships and relationships that we once had. But the very circumstances of life has brought us to a different time, different place, and we kind of mourn the loss of the great times that we had with people sometime or other. The hope that we have is that everything we have lost will be regained. So I want, I want that to somehow settle into our hearts and our minds today. There's nothing that I have lost or you have lost that won't be recaptured and it'll be recaptured in a glorious form it will be rid of corruption because none of it ever was it was all somehow or other touched by corruption a little bit or a big bit and all of the things that cause us sadness all of the things that when we're awake at three o'clock in the morning and we think over our lives and our circumstances and our friends and our family all of those things that 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 bring sadness to our hearts or weight to our hearts, we believe we will regain, right? And the thought item by item of that for which I mourn, people, things, places, all of those are stored up ready for me and for you in the new heaven and the new earth. There will be a new heaven and a new earth They will be remade, they will be made new, and they will be glorious to the nth degree. What do we mourn over? What have we lost? Here's a very precious passage in the New Testament. And of all of the things that God has called, um, this one causes me just to sink back in my chair and, and think. Paul is writing to the Corinthians, and he's writing out of affliction. He's in really hard circumstances, and so are they. So the mourning that is referred to in Second Corinthians chapter one is, is a mourning over terrible affliction that comes in life. And Paul says this Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and God of all comfort. Isn't that a fantastic title for God? It's a benediction, right? It it is the way you would begin a prayer. Oh God father of our lord jesus christ the father of mercies and god of all comfort those two words are just really precious words and i think they 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 just kind of augment the beatitude blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted how all right so the theory is that in the reconstruction of heaven and earth in the new creation when all is renewed then we will be comforted because we will have what we lost that for which we mourn but the character of our God is the character of being a father of mercies and the God of all comfort. The word mercies is that word that I talked about. It, it could be translated lament. So our God is a God of lament. He, he's a God of sorrow. He's a, he's a God of sadness. He, he's a God who is weighed down by our fallenness. And he's also called the God of all comfort. And the same word is used here for comfort as is used in the Beatitude, that blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. And it's a wonderful word. It literally means called alongside. It's the word that is used for the Holy Spirit, that he is the one who is called alongside us. And even in understanding what he comes alongside us to do, we begin to get some of the promise for the comfort that God is going to give us. The Holy Spirit has been called alongside. It's a word that is used of an advocate or a lawyer or a friend. And so Paul says, look, you all are having a hard time, and because you're having a hard time, you're mourning, and you need comfort. So let me tell you where the comfort is going to come from. The comfort is going to come from God, who is the God that we might say is the one who is the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. And he comforts us in all of our affliction, so that we will be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. There will be a final comfort when everything that is lost will be restored. Every relationship. And will we have lots of time to do that? All of those, those people that have gone from us, there will be no clock to watch, no calendar to worry over. We will have all the time we need to just be together. Just sit down, drink a cup of coffee, and tea. There will definitely be tea, because that's what Irish people do to talk. They have a cup of tea, right? But, but that, is, that is truly and really in the future for us. My mom, who left us when she was in her early 60s, but had been gone since she was mid-50s, we will talk. So there are lots of conversations we didn't get to have, or didn't get to finish. Lots of arguments... And we will sit down again and we will talk. Like we will really talk person to person in skin and bone relationships and in a real concrete physical continuing world. It's going to happen. It's something I look forward to and you can look forward to. All of those whom we have lost. And boy, the pain of the loss that we have in human relationships is... It's, it's almost too, too um, fresh to talk about very much here because it just, it, it lingers deep in our hearts and our souls, the sorrow, the mourning, the loss that there has been. And to know that that loss is not forever. Uh, as a pastor, I, I don't know how many funerals I've conducted, but boy, do I love to talk about the truth of our faith And do I love to tell people that this is just not religious talk or ritual? If that's all it was, I'm not in for that at all. But when I can tell somebody, I I promise you on the basis of our faith that you're going to see that person again. And I think back, and my mind plays these uh, picture shows of, of so many funerals like that. I remember a dear little boy who contracted meningitis and died when he was... He was three years old, this beautiful, beautiful little boy and his mommy and daddy standing and looking at a tiny coffin and this little boy and asking me, will we see him again? And with a broken heart, I'd say, I promise you, I promise you you'll see him again. Not just because it's my job to tell you that, not because it's some religious construct, but because the truth is God is heavy hearted and laments our sorrow. And he comes alongside of us in our sorrow to bring comfort. He will bring final and ultimate, complete comfort. But in the meantime, Paul says, know this about God. He is the God of great mercy and the God of comfort. And he will comfort you when you are mourning so that you can comfort others when they're mourning as well. There's, there's the silver lining in every sorrowful morning life and experience that God says I I will come alongside you but I will come alongside you because I want you then to come alongside somebody else and we comfort people out of the comfort we've received from God let me tell you what I think that's not that's not having answers it is coming alongside it's not having answers there, there may be some answers there may be some words there may be some conversations there may be some shared experience but the beauty of this word the word to comfort just means to be called alongside and I don't know how many times I've heard people say it didn't matter what you said I don't even remember what you said but you came and you were there and John I think will tell you the same thing how many people in hospital don't want answers they just want you to come and be there Sometimes I've had family members who, in the distress of, of someone who's gravely ill, they will say, do, do I have to be there? And I would always just say, yes, you do. You don't have to say anything. But don't stay away because that is, that is the ministry of comfort. It is coming alongside and being there with somebody. And that's what Paul, I think, is saying. He's saying there, there is, there's a palpable kind of comfort that God gives you. And that, that is one of the, the the remarkable things and the astonishing things about our faith is that in the middle of very hard times, God does come and bring his comfort. And so many folks will say, I don't understand what that was. I just knew that he was there. I knew he was with me. I knew that he was speaking to me in my, in my deep inner person. And so then we can say to others that this is what I heard, that in a really hard time, God by his Holy Spirit comes and he's, he's there with you and he, he will give you strength. We all look at folks who suffer and we say, boy, in those circumstances, I, I don't think I would be able to, to keep my faith or stay strong. And I usually say, I bet you would because everybody that has been in difficult circumstances and is able to stay strong didn't think they could either. But God does comfort us because he notices the things that cause us to mourn. He knows the things that are lost to us, and he shows up immediately to be near us, to be with us, to be the parakletos, the one that's been called alongside um, to love and to care for us. And when we have gone through those waters, then we can cheer others along who also are going through the deep waters. Blessed are those who mourn, they will be comforted. Two things only that I want to share this morning. First of all, you will be comforted because the day will come when every loss will be regained. There's nothing you won't get back. And blessed are those who mourn because there is a ministry by God's Holy Spirit and a relational ministry that we have with one another that just being together brings succor, brings confidence, brings hope, brings faith, and brings comfort to us. Paul talks to these Corinthians he says, I... I know you're not happy in your circumstances, I'm certainly not happy in mine, here's what happened to me the last place I was, but God has brought me comfort, and he will bring you comfort, and in the back of it is Paul's firm understanding, um, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. I, I, I want us to, to pray this morning about this. I want us to pray about the, the losses we have experienced, and about the mourning, over those losses we're going to sing some songs that are all about how God brings his comfort and his mercy Um, the big trouble for Israel was that they had sinned and so their sorrow um, it was it was also mixed with guilt because they were suffering because they disobeyed God and yet even so God said in their sorrow I lament over your sorrow and I want you to be comforted but then For the rest of us, there are all kinds of other things that bring us sorrow, the separation, the loss of people, the loss of things, the loss of places, many other things like that that weigh us down. So I'm going to ask you to call out um, the things that you're sorrowful about so that we can bring them together and kind of collect them in a basket and hold them out to God. So if I were to ask you in, in your life... Um, What are the losses that you mourn? So you might just say, I I mourn the loss of my mom. It has brought me sorrow and I need comfort. What are the losses that we share here together that we can remind God about and we can meditate on as we claim the beatitude? Blessed are those who mourn. What do we mourn?